Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I am a Georgia Tech alumnus and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech alumnus and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, it's been a couple weeks. What you been up to, man? What's going on? I like that intro, Joey. <laughs> and I'm working off of normal internet. You're working off of internet in uh, what is essentially amounting to middle of nowhere in Texas. So... We'll see how this goes. We've done this before. It worked out, sort of. Yeah, so we're going to have to see how this goes because we've done this uh, this roadshow type deal before where I'm working out of a hotel that has, like, the most shoddy of internet. And uh, so hopefully we can hear everything that each other is saying and everything will sound right later. But if it doesn't, just know that the technical difficulties are not our fault this time. They are They're the world's fault. And it's a trade-off, too, because, you know, you're talking about the bad internet, but I had a computer that didn't really work for the first 15 episodes of this podcast. So, hey. Hey, neither of us flew on United, though, right? So, Hey, that, that, is, that is a positive, is uh, the, the world's issues were only technology-driven and not us getting the tar beaten out of our, ourselves by people that we had paid for flights for. Yeah, this, this whole United Airlines thing has been flying around this week of – Damn, that was a bad pun, flying around. Um, this guy was not flying on United, actually. It turns out it was either Sunday night or Monday night, I can't remember. But uh, there was a flight from O'Hare, Chicago O'Hare, to Louisville, which, if you look this up on Google Maps, first of all, this is under a five-hour drive. So this isn't, you know, some cross-country major flight. This is like... In 15 a pinch, minutes. In a pinch, you could drive it, if you had to. Um... And United decides that a few of their crew members need to take up spots that have already been taken by paying customers and who are already sitting on the plane. And so they cap off the amount that they're willing to offer people. Nobody's willing to take, you know, $800 for their plane ticket, which, again, if you offered me $800 to drive under five hours, I'd probably do it. But, you know, that's me. Poor college kids. Poor ex-college kids. Whatever. We've been there. There's no shame in that. No. Not to mention that the other qualifier there is I would only do it if I hadn't spent plenty of time at the airport bar, which eh, not usually a safe bet. I was gonna say from my flying experiences, uh, you know, usually airport bar is the first stop after security. So, <laughs> um, no matter what time your flight is, by the way, it's like oh, I got my flight boards in five minutes. Well, let me get a beer real quick, pound it in two and a half, away we go. That is exactly right. Make it a quick one. Uh, anyways, so United decides that they're just going to randomly kick people off this plane to make room for these f- fine employees, I guess, that have to make this flight. And the people that are being kicked off don't really take very kindly to it, which I know I sure wouldn't. 
Uh, one of them, in fact, is a doctor who has patients he's got to get back to see, and, well, they just decide to uh, kind of physically assault his way off. He left the plane as the patient. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, i got to say, Mike, that's definitely worse than any flight experience I've ever had, but I can't promise you that every airline experience I've had has been a good one. Right. Uh, basically, never fly on planes, uh, except when you have to get somewhere quickly. Because uh, if you can drive and just avoid all people at all times, go that route. Um, flying is a miserable experience. I, I do it frequently for work. It doesn't matter what airline it is. It could be Delta, United, American, doesn't matter. Um, generally not a great experience. It's just the way it is, man. I've never had an experience like that, though. That was That's pretty, pretty unfathomable, honestly. But <laughs> just... WWE and aisle four. Yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine ever having a day where I woke up in the morning and was like expecting to get assaulted off of a plane. Um, that's that's a new one. Yeah, safe to say though that for United, whose slogan is actually "Fly the Friendly Skies," skies may not be so friendly some days, just depending on who needs to get where. So. Yeah, the irony in this whole thing is the CEO won a public relations award last month. Oops. Um, yeah, they need a PR firm really bad. They've backtracked on their comments about four different times. First, they didn't apologize, and then they released a second statement, and they didn't apologize then either. And then they released a third statement. They didn't apologize then either. Um and then there was the fourth one where they were like, oh, uh, backlash is really bad. Uh, we're sorry. Damage control. Yeah, damage control because we're losing money. Yeah, lawsuits, man. Lots of lawsuits coming here. Yeah, they've not they've not handled the PR side of things very, very well recently. So uh, if you guys got to fly somewhere, don't fly United. But anyways... Uh, Mike, we're doing this show. We haven't, you know, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. It's been a little bit. We've got some news things we got to hit on. We're going to talk about that. We got some questions from some listeners that we're going to hit on those as well. We got some other random topics in the news that we're just going to hit on. So we're just going to talk about some random stuff in no particular order here. Um, one of the things that we should probably talk about is something that most recently happened. Uh, this is today, as we record on uh, the evening of Wednesday, April the twelfth. Uh, so, for those who have kind of followed this whole uh, ACC championship football game, you know, basketball tournament, all this, you know, got pulled from North Carolina over the last couple of years with the whole House Bill 2 thing, uh, with the conference citing a lot of uh, discrimination concerns, particularly as they relate to the LGBT community, and... Uh, as a result, you know, there's been a lot of hubbub over whether this is the right thing to do or not. And um, long story short, recently North Carolina elected to repeal that bill and hopefully make it more inclusive, I think. if And I don't keep up with current events particularly well, so I might have this a little bit wrong, but hopefully mostly right. Uh, but as a result of, of this repeal of that bill, um, the ACC has agreed, yeah, sure, we'll move some tournaments and stuff back into North Carolina where they were before. So this is... Uh, kind of good news, everything's going back to normal, everyone should be happy, hopefully, and, and it's all a good time. Well, today, Mike, uh, the state of North Carolina decided to step up and, and say that they're not going to take this anymore, this sort of uh, holding hostage of events, 
as uh, the state has now threatened that any fur- you know, further boycott of the a- ACC of holding events in North Carolina means that the University of North Carolina and NC State will therefore be leaving the conference if that happens. You believe that? That's fun. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> There's too much money in the ACC right now, man. You got, I mean, think about your you have a football team from the ACC that's just won the national championship. College basketball, North Car- North Carolina just won the national championship. There's so much money in athletics, right, in college athletics and in the ACC right now. No, they're not going to leave. They're not going anywhere. I mean, you're going to – I mean, this is going to turn into a boycott because of the location of your conference championship game. Um, you know, our team's going to get, you know, upset because, you know, you're electing to move – the tournament somewhere else. I mean, it's completely out of their control anyway. I mean, North University of North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, you name it, um, Duke. Like, these schools, uh, they're going to play the game wherever it's taking place. This isn't, like, this is kind of out of their purview. Uh, this is more of a conference, a conference thing and NCAA thing. You know, the individual schools, you know, ultimately they're just going to play where wherever the game's scheduled. You know these these kids don't don't really. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're more into politics than I am. But you know, I know if I'm a player, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I just want to play football. I just want to play basketball. Let's just let's go do it. I mean, I I'm at school on scholarship, and at North Carolina, I mean, you don't actually do schoolwork, so you just go and you play sports. So what what more can you ask for? So worth worth noting too, by the way, that this thing was this thing was in the news for about four hours before it got shot down by other state lawmakers, like, no, we're not actually leaving the conference, so. Yeah. Nice try, but, because, um, I mean, the ACC a couple years ago put in a, a statute before uh, Maryland left, I believe, that any school that leaves the conference has to pay a $50 million uh, penalty to get out, and so yeah. you figure for those just two teams, North Carolina and NC State, that's a hundred million dollars that the state would be paying to prove a point that they're not going to be, you know, I don't even know. Like this is, come on, like grow up and let's, you know, let's all act like adults here and understand that our actions have consequences. And if, you know, if the conference decides that that's not a place they want to hold events then that's, that's how it's going to be. And I, I don't think that, you know, North Carolina and NC state trying to, threaten the conference with their departure is really going to make any sort of difference in that policy. Yeah, Larry Fedora is like, okay, we're in the ACC championship game. We can't play in Charlotte. We're playing in Orlando. It's like, oh, well, we're not going to go invite someone else. Like, no school is ever going to say that. So right. this whole thing is this whole thing is ridiculous. So calling the bluff, um, this, this extends beyond what you think of the bill and everything else politically. I don't I don't care. You don't care uh, what the listeners' political views are. Like, we don't give a shit. So (laughs) we're talking just purely from a sports standpoint here. Uh, You know, NC State, Duke, North Carolina, whatever. Um, I know UNC and NC State were the two listed specifically here. I mean, they're not going anywhere. Well, and Wake Forest and Duke were both private schools, so they kind of decide for themselves where where they're going to go. Yeah, it's but a public versus private thing. I had a I had a member of the staff from the Rumble seat also thinking that if if UNC and NC State 
were to leave, then maybe that ends up in other conferences trying to poach off other members that decide to leave due to some uncertainty or something like that. And basically, I, my my response was I don't think that either of these schools is the the linchpin or the lifeline of of the conference's health. Um, football is where the money is, honestly. Even with UNC basketball being one of the top four brands in all of major college basketball and all that, I mean, the money is in football. The money for football is at Clemson, Florida State, maybe Miami, maybe Virginia Tech. I mean, there's a there's a few of these that are far more important to the health of the league than these two schools, and so I, I don't think that that causes any level of uncertainty or concern either. It's more just people looking at them like, you know, the, the scrappy kid in the fight trying to make threats that everybody knows they can't back up. So, Yep. I can agree with that. Mike, what next? It's my turn, isn't it, Joey? Your turn. It's my turn. Uh, let's go right into the UVA saga. And I call it saga loosely because <laughs> it's more like running a stop sign and getting life in prison. Uh, oh, man. UVA self-reports 32 recruiting violations last week regarding their football program. It consisted of members of their coaching staff taking pictures uh, with recruits during a time where apparently you weren't allowed to do that. One of those really Ooh. stupid NCAA rules, like, look out, you took a photograph. Uh, yeah, so UVA self-reports, they get hammered with sanctions from the NCAA, which is unbelievably insane. Uh North Carolina, meanwhile, gets away with academic fraud because that's still outstanding, and they're out there winning national championships. Ole Miss, recruiting violations galore. No issues yet, definitively. Um, They're still kind of working through the entirety of that process. So, hey, uh, NCAA, good on you, right? Like, continue to screw these things up. When you self-report minor recruiting violations, continue hammering schools over something that shouldn't really be that big of a deal. I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I got I got to say I'm pretty impressed that they came up with 32 recruiting violations in a little over a year of the Bronco Mendenhall regime there. Kind of makes you wonder what he was doing at BYU cuz <laughs> like where did this stuff come from? Like what they just didn't start doing it at Virginia, did they? Or did I mean I don't know. This is for it's, it's Bronco's first time where he's had to recruit, like, non-Mormons, if that makes sense. Like, most of the – I mean, honestly. Game I mean, changer. We, yeah. I mean, I half-heartedly joke here, but in all seriousness, like, BYU, at least 80 to 90% of that football team are, like, practicing Mormons. I know you got to be, like, a practicing Mormon, quote-unquote, to, to be a member of the student body there at BYU, but – I mean, it's the first time he's really had to recruit non-Mormons, right? So a lot of this stuff is kind of new to him to a degree. I mean, he knows how to recruit. Uh, he he did a great job of it at BYU given the constraints, you know, within the football program, within the school. But this is the first time he's had to, like, kind of go outside of the realm of, you know, okay, I got this common pipeline every year of a handful of high schools in this area of Utah that are going to send players here. Now it's a different ball game in the ACC. You got to actually recruit. UVA wasn't any good on the field last year. I don't think you and I were expecting them to be. But now they're in year two. The team showed no real signs of progress, and now you're self-reporting recruiting violations. So there are two sides of this. There's one where you think UVA was unjustly punished, and that's that's kind of the camp I fall in, despite hating UVA with every ounce of my body. 
but with that being said, you can either, you know, take it from the standpoint of UVA got hosed, but they still need to answer to the fact they weren't very good at football last year. They're still having problems on the recruiting trail. They're not pulling in guys that they should be pulling in in state. They're not being as competitive with a school like Virginia Tech in the state of Virginia recruiting as they would hope to be and as they were under Mike London. So there are a lot of questions here for UVA to answer outside of the fact that, you know, hey, we got hammered with recruiting violations when we shouldn't have really gotten uh, sanctioned like we did. So you can either sit there and feel bad for yourself or you can say, hey, we got to pick up the pieces and move on and try to figure a way to better ourselves because it hasn't really been that great of an experiment for Bronco Mendenhall now in about a year and a half. I'll point out, too, that this is 32 recruiting violations and blah, 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 blah. Right in the wake of signing a class that barely fell within the top 60 nationally. Like, you're, you're cheating and you're not even winning. <laughs> and not only are you cheating and not winning, but you're cheating and you're getting caught and you're not winning. Which is the trifecta of people kind of looking at you sideways like, what are you even doing? Good lord, Virginia, come on. So what exactly do you do here? <laughs> it's one of those situations there with UVA right now. It's like, okay, well, okay, so your basketball team wasn't any good. Uh, football is still not good. You can't recruit. You change coaches. Now you're reporting violations in recruiting. So what are you doing exactly? Mm. Not good. No, that whole situation is just... It's very. It's going to be interesting to watch how that continues to progress. But anyway, your turn. Yeah, that's a mess. Mike, are you a hockey guy? I am a bit of a hockey guy. Are you? I'm, I, I'm from the South. I'm I'm from Atlanta, so hockey was never like a huge deal for me. Yeah, well, I understand. I understand that. So we got a question on Twitter from uh, my friend Brian Murphy. I went to high school with and. Now works for uh, 680 The Fan in Atlanta, for those familiar with the radio station. Uh, he asked me, and as a non-hockey person, I think this might be a bit of a joke, but he asked me, is this the Caps year? Mike, is this a joke? <laughs> not not a joke. Uh, probably not the Caps year, because it's hard to say that it is the Caps year. I don't know. I'm more of a playoff hockey guy. I'm not going to pretend like I know a bunch about hockey. I, I don't. I I watch a lot of playoff hockey but i live in dc so i can speak from that standpoint none of the fans have any confidence in the capitals i i mean listening to sports radio here it's hilarious because caps had the best record in hockey this year it's the second year in a row they've done that but until they have success in the playoffs nobody's buying it so the fans will come out they'll be supportive i don't know how far they'll go they have a good team though i mean they have all the pieces but they never seem to actually you know turn into anything meaningful I find myself referring to myself as a Blackhawks fan, but kind of more as a by association. Um, I I had a roommate in college uh, who was from Chicago and a huge Blackhawks fan, and we were living together at one point when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, and so like watching his excitement was really easy to you know pile in on and all that. By the way, the night that the, the Hawks won the Stanley Cup, he turned into the uh, one-man hockey riot and doesn't remember most of it. Nice. I wasn't there for it, unfortunately, but I heard about it, and gosh, I wish I was there for it because it sounds hilarious. As far as he knows, he drank out of the Stanley Cup that night. He drank yeah. out of a lot of things that night, I think. But um, 
I also had a, you know, when I started work, one of my best friends that was uh, at work was also a big Blackhawks fan. So I, I am therefore a Hawks fan by association. Go Hawks. Uh, and I'm not talking about NBA basketball in Atlanta. Sorry, guys. At least not this time. But, uh, yeah, sure. So I can be a hockey guy. I don't, Brian, I don't think this is the, the Caps year. I think that's kind of what we're going for with this question. Um, without any sort of educated opinion, I'm just assuming that it is never the Caps year. Yep. Fair? I mean, you don't want actual hockey analysis from you and I. I mean, we're <laughs> two. I mean, we're two guys in their mid-20s talking about college football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike. I'm up. You're up. Let's do this thing. All right. <laughs> Thomas Sirk. So, Joey, you and I discussed Bye-bye. Thomas Sirk at Duke. So, rest in peace, Thomas Sirk. No, he did not die. He is now the quarterback <laughs> at East Carolina. So, you and I discussed this. We were saying, okay, well, Thomas Sirk, you know, coming off of like four torn Achilles tendons in his leg and we're saying okay well Daniel Jones comes in has a pretty good year last year for Duke what's Thomas Sirk going to do Thomas Sirk going along on his merry way it's like oh okay I'm kind of going to play quarterback at Duke and then it's April and he's like ha just kidding I'm going to East Carolina he announced that on Twitter last week so there you go Pirates have a new quarterback and Virginia Tech can never beat East Carolina consistently like year over year over year so don't feel great about that. Thomas Sirk has beaten Virginia Tech before, so uh, <laughs> double curse? I don't know. Don't feel great about it, Joey, as a Hokies fan. But, hey, good for him. The return of Thomas Sirk coming your way. Yeah, Thomas Sirk going to ECU. I think they got a good one. Um, he had a pretty good career at Duke, all things told. Um, it seems like he's been around forever. He has. And so... He he gets one last one last ride in college at Eastern Carolina, where they're going to need some help. I think they were three and nine last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and so uh, we'll see what he can do there. Maybe bring some veteran leadership to their quarterback room or something or other that's productive. But yeah, bye bye Thomas Sirk. He's done at Duke. He is uh, he's headed to East Carolina. He's about to cash out his four hundred one k because he turns sixty next month. So. Yes. Got yeah, that he's, going for him. He, he's starting to get that AARP coverage now um, starting to go on, on surgeries and such. Starting to go to dinner at like 4 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that so wrong? I've done that before. I, I might do it tomorrow, honestly. <laughs> well, keep us updated. I will. You know I will. Follow me on Twitter, by the way. At Mike McDaniel ACC. And that's where you get the uh, all that good stuff. <laughs> you, you get the important updates like what time Mike goes to dinner yes, and uh, all that anyways Mike there's some panic in Atlanta uh, so news came out of uh, spring practice earlier this week for Georgia Tech that uh, Matthew Jordan who is the presumed starter to uh, take over the throne that Justin Thomas recently vacated uh, he left the scrimmage on Saturday with a non-contact foot injury, which is always, you know, sounds pretty daunting because uh, you never really know what that means in terms of what kind of injury it is or what the long-term ramifications of that are. 
and so his status for the fall kind of there for a day or so was very much up in the air. Uh, we weren't really sure of kind of where things stood. Uh, I do have an update on this, though. As of uh, Monday, or I guess, wow, what day is it? It is Wednesday. As of Wednesday evening, uh, in the post-practice interviews, uh, Coach Johnson made a comment that they expect him back for the fall. So I don't know if that's a smokescreen or a legit expectation, but long story short, hopefully this does not derail things for Georgia Tech and Matthew Jordan. However, if he's unable to go, the quarterback battle now for the remainder of the spring is uh, down to three candidates, and that's the rising junior, Taquan Marshall, and rising redshirt freshman, uh, Jay Jones and Lucas Johnson. Uh, all three kind of bring some different skill sets. Uh, the biggest problem between the three of them is that none of them bring back meaningful game reps, which is the biggest advantage that Jordan brings to the table. Um, Taquan Marshall played A-back as a true freshman two years ago in plenty of real-time game reps. So uh, he, he's, he's been in games before that matter, just not under center as a quarterback. He, he moved to that position before 2016. And so um, basically he, he – would have to adjust to the speed of the game from that perspective, at least. So, Mike, we got a question from uh, Sully GT Sully. over it from the Rumble Seat. Sully, um, he probably flies a plane pretty well. Uh, this is like a themed episode. Um, did he fly for United though? That's the real question. I don't know. Well, who did Who did Captain Sully fly for? That's, That's a good question. That is a great question. I have no idea. Chesley Sullenberg. Let's Google him. You know who he flew for, Joey? He flew for those people. That's who he flew for. He, well, primarily he flew for the Air Force because that was where he learned to land, land a plane like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Good There's old something Sully. on here, I'm sure. Now, while you're while you're taking that up, Joey, have you seen the movie, Sully? I have not. Is it good? Tom Hanks did a very nice job. Yep. I was a fan. U.S. Airways Flight 1549. Ah, U.S. Air. On an Airbus. On an Airbus. Flew an Airbus from U.S. Air a couple weeks ago. Glad I didn't have to land on the Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a more pleasant experience than that. But, anyways, uh, Captain Sully, Sully GT, over at From the Rumble Seat, asks, How does the Matthew Jordan injury affect win projections? So, basically, you had a certain expectation about Georgia Tech this fall. I think you said you thought they would win the Coastal, if I'm correct. I did. Uh, does does knowing that they might not get their quarterback with any experience back, if does that change your your projections for Georgia Tech this fall? Yeah, they're playing an ex running back at quarterback. Yeah, it does a little bit. But with that being said, um, you know I I think it could be beneficial uh, from the standpoint of well he has played before Quan Johnson right Jones Marshall uh, take Quan one Marshall. Marshall Marshall yeah something like that. Uh, the Marshall kid, he's played running back before, right? So he understands the offense from both the quarterback and the running back perspective. I think it's a matter of getting your reads down. I think if Marshall's able to do that, then it could be beneficial. Uh, might not be uh, as big of a learning curve if Marshall ends up being the guy that would step in, which, Joey, it sounds like you're leaning that way just because he's, you know, the junior, the upperclassman left in the room. Uh all of all of my intel basically suggests that if if Jordan can't go, then Marshall's the guy right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it affects it. I mean, they're a better team with Matthew Jordan playing quarterback. But I think if Marshall is able to 
uh, step in and learn the reads from the quarterback position more efficiently than he has in backup reps. Yeah, I mean, I think he could step in and still play pretty well, but it does affect your, your win projections at, you know, a bit just because you're not going in with your starting quarterback. That does still make a difference even in this system. I think my, my big concern if Jordan can't go is mostly just early in the season. So for, for the record, take one Marshall played quarterback in high school. He played a back kind of out of necessity after all the injuries as his freshman year. So he wasn't recruited as a running back. He was kind of recruited as an athlete and they moved him to quarterback, not out of the necessity, but kind of out of curiosity and, wanting to get him on the field with ABAC getting back to health and all that. But anyways, my biggest concern is early in the year. You start the season against Tennessee under the bright lights of the brand-new Mercedes-Benz Stadium on national television on Labor Day night and all this. That's just, I mean, that's a big, big situation to be in and a, and a dangerous opponent to be playing. Even if even if Tennessee is rebuilding, which I, I haven't decided yet totally whether I think they will be or not, especially on defense, but... At the, at the very least, that's a big game situation for someone who's not, you know, a little older to be stepping into. Someone who's kind of been there and knows what that's like. I mean, Marshall played at Notre Dame a couple years ago. Um, he's, he's played in games against conference opponents, all this. So I, I don't think that he would be phased by playing Tennessee, at least not in the way that, you know, a couple of the younger guys would be who haven't played game action yet as a, as a, in, in the college level. So... Um, I, I don't think it's the worst possible situation, and it's probably a good thing that they did move Marshall to quarterback in that case, but I would I would probably change up my projection until he proved me differently that at least starting the year uh, at you know against Tennessee in that neutral site game, I'd probably project a loss instead of a win. And I might look also at the road game two weeks later at UCF. Um, I think that could be a dangerous one as well if, if you're trying to, uh, you know, trying to play keep up with a, a pretty high-scoring UCF offense, it's looking like the Fighting Scott Frost. That's right. Formerly the formerly the Fighting George O'Leary's. Yeah, Georgia Tech fans know all about him. Yeah, and Notre Dame fans as well for about 15 seconds. I was going to say they knew about him for about three days yeah. until they found out. That's uh, right. He had uh, he had some falsifications on his resume. Don't a hey that that brings up a, a good point. Two things. Don't plagiarize. Don't lie on a resume. You'll be fine. You'll be good. Work hard. Don't be stupid. And if you do lie on your resume, you better be willing to... Die for it. You know, you better be willing to sell that to no end. Um, they find out the truth and you just tell them that's that's not how this goes at all. Just, you know, go with it. Yeah. What the hell? You're up, Mike. I am up. <laughs> Joey, what's your opinion on being a professional golfer and then taking a vacation and posting it all over Instagram and Snapchat of you golfing shirtless, shoeless, and in swim trunks in the Bahamas? Okay, I have I have strong takes on this. Um, I, I do, if I do say so myself. First of all, can you can you let us know where this is coming from? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Jordan Spieth. May have heard of him. Ricky Fowler also may have heard of him. For more hardcore golf fans, Justin Thomas and Smiley Kaufman. Uh, Wait, former Georgia Tech quarterback Justin Thomas? Not that Justin Thomas, Joey. A man of many talents, Mike. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, Justin Thomas is now taking up golf. 
<laughs> you can imagine that. Uh, different Justin Thomas. They uh, four of the youngest guys on tour or younger guys. Uh, Ricky Fowler's actually twenty eight. He's the elder statesman of the group. Uh, last year, twenty sixteen, they went down to Baker's Bay in the Bahamas and had their own little spring break party after Jordan Spieth collapsed at the Masters. Well, Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler were in contention on Sunday at this year's Masters, which Sergio Garcia ultimately won. And they were playing in the same group, Ricky and Jordan, and neither of them performed that well. But don't worry, golf fans, it's all good. Ricky and Jordan are now partying it up back in the Bahamas. So, Baker's Bay, part two, spring break 2017. Get some drinks in you. Hey, we just blew the Masters, but no harm, no foul. We're going to the Bahamas on Tuesday. So, all right. So, so here's my thought on this. So, if you've if you've watched any of the Snapchat videos, it looks like they are doing exactly what I would do on vacation. Unbelievable. By which I mean, golfing shirtless in swim trunks, slugging beers, you know, having a a big old time, a big old party. Like that is that's my idea of a vacation. Um, so I, I'm totally good with that. I'm happy about that. I'm happy for you guys. You know, y'all keep it up. Um, just, you know, keep listening to the basketball conference podcast while you're doing it. Um, but here's my, here's my issue that I take with it, Mike, is these are professional golfers who play golf for a living, who are now going on vacation and continuing to play golf. Like any of us, you know, layman folk who don't get to do neat things like play golf for a living, we would not keep doing our jobs on vacation. Right. Like I don't casually pull out my laptop and, you know, just, you know, get my jollies by fooling around on Excel with a beer in hand on vacation. Like this, I don't keep doing my my job on vacation. Like why are these guys now technically golf is a leisure activity and I wish I were so lucky to play golf, but I mean, these guys are doing their jobs on vacation, right? Yeah. I was going to say, Joey, so do you, just, I mean, would you take off your shirt and work shirtless on vacation if you were, like, walking <laughs> in or something? And I was going to say, wait a second, I've done that before, you know? I've gone to the pool, I've been working, like, whatever. I'm sitting in, like, I, so I've done that, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I mean, you think they'd want to get away from playing golf after how, especially Jordan Smith and Ricky Fowler, after how poorly they played at Augusta on Sunday, you think they'd be like, nah, I don't want to golf this week. But... There's some beer involved. All in. So. That is true. I wonder if that totally changes the dy- dynamic for them is playing with and without beer. Because for most of us, there's only one way to play. But right. for some, yeah, they've got like sponsors and stuff, and not all of us can be John Daly. So. Yeah. I mean, the sponsors are essentially paying for the – not essentially. I mean, they are. The, the sponsors are paying for this trip. I mean – you know, this is where <laughs> golfers make their money is with endorsements. They're taking that cash. They're like, yeah, let's run out this course down at Baker's Bay. Hey, Ricky, do me a favor. Grab the hotel. I'll grab the course. Must be, it must be nice. Smile. One, one way or another, it always comes back to the sponsors. Right. Um, by the way, Sergio Garcia wins the Masters. That's his first major win in over 70 entries, if I got that right. Um, a lot of people were real happy. I was real happy for him. I don't know about you, Mike. I, I was. even watched the Masters, did you? Yeah, I did. I golf a little bit. Good. I golf. I dabble. You do? I dabble. Um, Yeah. I like Sergio. Dabble's a good word for it. Yeah, dabble. I think we all kind of dabble in golf. Yeah. No. uh, Happy for Sergio. He's a good dude, man. He's, I mean, he's known for choking, and he tried to choke, but he didn't. 
So who blinks first? You could say he choked at choking. That's true. He was like, "Oh, uh, I'm about to lose this thing," and then he what? He eagled thirteen or fourteen, whatever it was, and on he came. So good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was that was a good uh, good nine holes of golf to watch there in the back nine of on Sunday. That was about all I watched at the Masters. It's, so it's okay. It was so um, it was so boring. Masters Sunday was supposed to be this great event with like seven or eight really big names in the mix and then it was so boring until the last like seven holes and then it got fantastic really quick yeah Sergio and Justin Rose pulled ahead by several shots and took it on and meanwhile in in, in the meantime your boy Georgia Tech alumnus Matt Kuchar hits an ace on 16 that was glorious my boy Cooch. So, yeah go Jackets on that one yeah guy's a legend my boy, Co- I guess I shouldn't refer to him as my boy Cooch. That could be taken a number of different directions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good stuff, man. And not only did he does he get the hole in one, he gets the hole in one, goes to five under. He's briefly in contention. He like it, it's the equivalent of a backdoor cover in golf. What he did, so he's like, oh, backdoor top five, and then he gives the ball after hitting the hole in one. He takes the ball and gives it to a kid who was sitting there with his dad in the front row. Fantastic, great stuff. Also, there were rumors that as he was going around high-fiving the fans on the tee box, he grabbed somebody that had a Georgia hat on and flipped it off their head. Which He did. That he did. That is that is prime college rivalry stuff. Yep. Good on you, Matt Kuchar. Yep. Mike, are you ready for a uh, a scorching hot UNC scandal take? Oh, boy. Yeah. We, we almost got into this earlier, but then we end up just teasing it. So, let's do it. We we kind of, uh, yeah, we kind of swerved away. We got to swerve back into this before we uh, before we get out of here. This is very, also very important, big news in the ACC this week. As uh, former former ACC member Maryland, now at the uh, you know the Big Ten or twelve or however the hell many there are in that conference, uh, the the president of Maryland came out and had some scorching hot UNC takes, basically saying. I would think that UNC would receive the death penalty for their uh, academic scandal. And, uh, you know, so, first of all, I I love this comment. As a president, I sit over a number of dormant volcanoes. One of them is an athletic scandal. It blows up. It blows up the university, its reputation. It blows up the president. So, good on you. This uh, This is Wallace Lowe, by the way, the president of the University of Maryland. What a douche. We haven't we haven't talked a lot about this scandal, and there's quite a bit that we could talk about, and probably should talk about at some point this off season. I think I think we are going to deep dive it at some point here when we get the chance. But for now, Mike, um, a how do you feel about what he said, and b how do you feel about random, not even in the conference or even otherwise really affiliated ads stepping out of their lanes and saying stuff about other schools like this. Are you good with that? No, I'm not. Guy's a douche. So he turns his nose up to UNC, saying, okay, well, you know, I'm going to talk about your school, like, you know, uh, I, first of all, don't get in their business, right? Like, just stay in your lane. You left the conference, right? So you, you didn't think much <laughs> of the ACC. You went to the Big Ten. How's that working out for you? Uh, the answer is not very well. So he turns his nose up to the ACC, leaves the conference. He, he's sitting there at Maryland on his high horse saying, okay, well, North Carolina, I'm surprised they didn't get the death penalty. Yo, if North Carolina gets the death penalty for, I mean, academic fraud's nothing to sit here and, you know, like, 
I mean, it's a big deal. But, you know, you go out to Baylor, you know, rape is just part of the lifestyle at the university, man. Like, it's just some, mm. it's just something you do out there. And you're not going to give them the death penalty? I mean, come on. I think we should – I think a good jumping-off point would – I don't know that they're not going to give Baylor the death penalty, are they? No, I mean, you know, it's, it's still outstanding. That's the whole thing. I mean, I think it, we start there. I mean, I think Baylor would be a good jumping-off point. Let's rule on one thing at a time. It kind of goes back to the UVA recruiting violations thing. It's like, okay, let's rule, let's rule on that and act like this is this massive deal that, you know, I took pictures with, you know, a four-star recruit like last Wednesday when I wasn't allowed to. And let's let's treat that like, you know, you just raped fourteen people. Uh, that's kind of where I just divulge. You know, I I go a whole different diverge, not divulge. Diverge is the word I was looking for. Language is hard. I I write on the side. Imagine that. Um, yeah, but I digress. Uh, that's a good word. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, no, I mean he's, he's just stay in your lane. Is where I'm at with it. You know, I think that there are bigger issues right now. I mean, I think the academic fraud thing is something that needs to be dealt with. Uh, I don't know if death penalty is the right course of action. I'd say it's up for the NCAA to decide, but they don't seem to really have their act together on anything that they really do. So I think let's start with figuring out the Baylor situation and go from there. But I think to say that they need the death, you, you know, North Carolina should get the death penalty when, I mean, there, there are bigger things to worry about. Just, Stay in your lane, man. Well, first of all, I'd say that these are separate situations, and they should probably be addressed separately. They're all they're all kind of separate issues, too. Um, I mean, Baylor, you have a, a personal conduct issue that is all sorts of, you know, domestic violence and uh, sexual violence crimes and all this. You know, UNC, you're talking about an academic scandal. Virginia, you're talking about recruiting violations. I mean, they're all separate. You can't even really use any of them as precedents for one another. I mean, they're just not really related. Now, I will say, I totally disagree with you on this, Mike. Uh, I'm all in on UNC on some AD trash talk here. This is this is what's up. Like, let's get after it. I want to see. I want to see like a Jerry Springer episode with you know the Maryland and UNC ads like. Let's go. I'm 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 all in on that. That is that is the uh, the type of entertainment that I need in my life. So um, I, I'm totally good with this. I, I don't entirely disagree with the Maryland AD either, and and we'll we'll have to get into that in a future episode. But I I do think that basically what UNC did there was worth uh, some very extreme ramifications. Yep. Um, and again, I don't I don't want to get into that entirely uh, on this podcast, but just as a little teaser for later. Um, I think the take was closer to rational than than maybe it came off as. You know, as far as their punishment, I think uh, I, I don't know what's going to be on the table there. I know a lot of uh, a lot of big time stuff went down there, and I don't shy away from making fun of North Carolina for all the academic fraud and scandal issues that they've had. Uh, clearly, a big deal. I agree with you on separate tiers of. of punishment or crime i guess crime it, it might all be the same punishment who knows not the uva thing but the north carolina and baylor situations they're kind of outstanding at this point but you know all different levels so you're dealing with the academic issue you're dealing with sexual assault sexual crime issue you're dealing with a taking pictures with recruits issue uh 
So, you know, what the punishment will be ultimately, uh, I guess, talking piece. I think we can get the Maryland AD and the North Carolina AD to just have their mascots battle it out. Would you take the North Carolina Tar Heel, which is essentially a ram, or would you take the Maryland Terrapins, which is essentially a sea turtle or a lake turtle, whatever? So you just battle out with mascots in the ring. You'll goat against turtle, see what happens. I'm all for that. It's not even a fair fight. We should totally get the ADs to uh, call into this podcast and talk it out here and just sit back and watch. I think that'd be good. Maybe you and I should just shit talk the ADs. Bring them on. It'll be like a bar stool bit. Make them sit there and listen. That's right. That'd be good. Mike, we got to uh, let's get out of here for a little too much longer. Uh, what's going on with you right now? You got some good news uh, from work today, yeah? I got a promotion, which. boy. It's really, uh, yeah. Congrats. I should sound a little bit more excited. I'm just so exhausted that <laughs> it was. It's been a lot of hard work. I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong. Very excited about it, but also very tired. So there's that part of it too. So no, good news. Good news today from uh, the real job. Very exciting, and uh, I am happy for you. And can, you know, congratulations. Uh, if if it's anything like the promotion that I got a couple years ago, it's going to involve more traveling. So, again, beware United Airlines. Yeah, watch, watch your uh, watch your back or your head or your face. Watch your face. Don't hit on the uh, armrest when the security people assault you. I hear that's good for a concussion. <laughs> yeah, a concussion and a bloody nose and whatever else you got. Uh, one place where you hopefully don't get assaulted is your new home. That you're closing on, right? That is correct. I'm dropping that bomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early next Good week, uh, the wife and I are closing on our house. Um, the people are going to keep living there as, like, squatters for another week or so, and then I guess they're going to leave and let us have it. So hopefully there's not some crazy law that lets them retain the property for only, like, a week of inhabitancy. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to close on a house soon, and so we're moving, and I'm hopefully going to be into a more accommodating space to uh, record this here podcast and maybe have faster internet and just a better setup altogether. That'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, we got a, got a house that's also right next to the in-laws. Uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I get along well with the in-laws, so I've, I've told that's people good. that, yeah, it's like less than a mile and a half away. I've told people that, and they kind of look at me like, oh, gosh, like, you know, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I'm, her, her dad's my drinking buddy. I like so the in-laws. That's all good. That's good. I was going to say, drinks are free. Or that's cheaper, correct. At the very and least. And I finally need to follow up on, you know, getting a bike so that I don't have to uh, worry about driving home. It's like elementary school. You can ride your bike. <laughs> you can... <laughs> Although I didn't... I wasn't pounding beers in elementary school, so I guess I gotta... <laughs> I was gonna probably... say... You, you can you can ride your bike as an alternative to driving home drunk, just like elementary school, Mike. Just like elementary school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, learn my ABCs, learn how to shotgun. <laughs> you know, first grade was a tough time. Yeah. Or kindergarten. I guess I, hopefully you knew your ABCs by the first grade, but hey. No promises. Shotgun's a work in progress, man. That's like P.E. Yeah. <laughs> That's a technique you gotta you gotta hone finely. Um, you can make a mess of yourself if you get that one wrong. Right. Yeah, I got a uh, I got an S for satisfactory on my first grade shotgun drinking. So <laughs> pretty good. Shotgun and cans of apple juice, or yeah, 
Moonshine. Parents are proud. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep you guys updated as uh, we get moved in and get settled there and get the new uh, new battle station all set up and ready to uh, record a few more episodes for you guys. Um, we've got some more stuff that we're going to get to. We've got a, a list of just stories that we want to talk about throughout the offseason and keep the content coming your way. Uh, you guys can send us stuff too uh, as you find it and you think it's interesting want us to talk about it. Uh, you can hit us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Good work, man. You nailed it again. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get too complicated with that one. I just you know went straight for the email address itself. Um, by the way, I've still got a, another question from uh, Intrect over at From the Rumble Seat talking about ACC brands and who's got the, the best and the worst, so we'll talk about that at some point. Um, Good stuff. You can find us, in the meantime, you can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play. You can rate, review, subscribe, and do all that stuff. And Mike, where else can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, on our new Facebook page, Joey. The official Facebook page. It is official. a It is a reality. It's there. You can go find it. It's Facebook. Alive. Doc- it's that's right. It's it's lit. It's lit, man. If it's not lit yet, it will be, <laughs> or I will be. One of the two. We'll we'll make sure it is. Uh, yeah, Facebook.com/slash right. Basketball Conference, or just search on Facebook uh, Basketball Conference Podcast. We're we're on there. We're posting the podcasts on there. Uh, gonna maybe try to do some more fan engagement stuff on there. So uh, so check us out. All good things there. We'll actually post stuff, so that'll be good. We will be posting stuff, for real. Um, so go check us out there. Uh, Mike, anything else? I think we're good. Hey, the internet held up, I think. We'll find out when we edit this. It, but. it did okay. Uh, editing feels like it's going to be a little wonky, so you guys need to uh, you know, stick with us until then. So we'll, we'll, do, our, we'll do our damnedest to uh, make sure that this works, but no promises. And if we didn't do well, you guys will know by this point in the podcast anyway. That is correct, yes. So hopefully you've made it this far without just totally quitting on us. Which I wouldn't put past you. You know, it happens. Hey, we didn't quit though, so. <laughs> I, I am I am nothing if not not a quitter. boy. Yeah, I'll work on the phrasing of that one next time. There's a lot of negatives in that sentence, but anyways. That's okay, you didn't quit. <sighs> We didn't quit. We're not quitting this podcast either. We're coming back next time talking about more stories. Mike, yep. we'll talk then. See ya. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver, and until then, go ACC. Go ACC.